Check out the show. Uh, you didn't know? Yo, I be killing them with all my friends in them. I got Jake and Tata Breezy in the streets. Sandy locks them down, but yeah, she did it sweet. Yeah, we talk about it. Sometimes we doubt about it. Some people pout about it, but we just count around it. We jab at y'all, spit that slang about anything. For money, sex, yes, and even wedding rings. Just have fun, live life to the end. And what we call this wallet and friends. What's up, everybody? This is Marlon from Marlon and Friends. Uh, check out this new episode. Uh, it's with Jazz from I Am the New Black History. Uh, we had a nice panel with Jack and a few others, such as myself. Uh, it's a really good discussion on men and women and the dynamic of relationship, love, and parenting. Check it out. But this is the New Black History Makers Tour. Um, this is our second place. We were at Neldega about a month ago. Uh, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, we'll actually be at a museum in Brooklyn. Um, and we're having a conversation about um, a cultural shift uh, between, I mean, through the black female perspective. So if you know anyone in New York and you have a good time at this conversation, make sure to tell them. Um, it's at the Mokata, if anybody's familiar with that. It's a, black uh, female owned space out there. So I'm pretty excited about that for it to be our, our third event. Um, but yeah, we're just here to, to have conversation and dialogue. I feel like we do a lot on Instagram and we do a lot on Facebook, we do a lot on Twitter, but it's very rare that you'll be able to have a conversation like this because you know, us as females, we'll be able to sit with our girls and have this conversation. Men, you guys will able, be able to sit with your boys, but it's very rare that you'll find black females and black males sitting in the same space having this conversation. So, um, like I said, I'm Jasmine, I'm the founder. That's enough about me, I work for kids. I do a lot of community work. Um, and this is a part of my work. Uh, but we have Marlon. Also, we are at There To Be Noticed Salon. So I really appreciate you for, he was up for it as soon as uh, Jack told her about it, because I reached out to Jack. Um, and she told him, and he was good to go with it. So I really appreciate you for allowing us to use your space Anytime. and agreeing to be on the panel. Um, and then Jack, Miss Jack Gibson, who's an esthetician, um, is amazing and beautiful. And she has a space here. So this space is not just a salon. They house different um, businesses. As you can see, there's a hairstylist, there's an esthetician. Um, I know you guys have nails, you put nails and stuff. Um, but you can come here, and I believe it's all black-owned. Well, it's a black-owned space, and everybody in here um, has a black-owned business. So this is something that, you know, you can come and visit. We have my girl, Waski's Valiums, who is an icon in the community, who's a poet. She writes plays. Um, it's not just in them, but she writes them. She's singing and traveling. So I really appreciate you for being here um, to share your perspective. I really appreciate that. Then we got Skrilla from Compton, California. Um, a Compton native, just somebody who, um, I remember the first time I met you, it was at uh, at the, the spot on Avalon. And he did like this free style for like 14 minutes with like two other dudes and it was just like, the energy in there was like so spiritual. And I remember him basically saying like, um, 
he called the guy, he was like, you know, this is my nigga or whatever. He was like, nah, nah, nah. Like, that experience was far beyond being just a nigga. Like, it was, that was his brother. So, I appreciate you for being here. And then we have Kasani, who is someone I've met um, through my sister. And just following you, you've been such a light. Just when I see your posts and stuff, and she also works with kids and takes someone special to work with these crazy kids. So, I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing, uh, that you're doing. work here 
with all these women because <laughs> I do have a lot of patience. But I learned that from my father, but I watched my mother be so strong and do what she really wanted to do in life. And my mom, she's that, she that woman. Um, wow, so one thing that I think also is important is to highlight how we feel about our own group, so being a black man, being a black woman. Um, so do you feel like you have a positive connection slash perspective of black women? A black woman? Yes. Um, you know, I feel like now I do. You know, it hasn't always been that way. Um, it's because, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that um, I took the time to get to know myself and what type of energy that I was putting out, you know, and what, um, and how the energy that I was given, that is what I received, you know what I mean? And um, even understanding that as much time as it took me to get to know myself, there are still people, women, who are going through that process themselves, you know? So a lot of the times, the love or the good that you're trying to give out, some people don't know how to receive, you know? So um, I try to keep that in mind, and it's helped me shape a better perspective of women in my interactions.
experiences in working with black men in business and all that opportunity. Right. And then, I mean, shout out to you um, for being that because she could be on the panel and be a lot more You know, you wasn't doing what you were supposed to be doing, but that speaks a lot to her first experience of working with a black man is something that's positive. So that really like, starts to shape, I know as a female, it shapes our, our perspective heavily. Um, Being that I'm starting to do music now, or you know, I've been kind of like in the entertainment realm. Um, when I do business with men, it's always like I either have to prove myself more, or they're coming from the. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to put this on all men, you know, but most of my interactions have been quite um, distasteful. You know, a lot of men uh, uh, claim to want to work because of like an attraction or because of what they feel like I'll give up, you know what I'm saying, to work with them and I'm not, you know, my dignity is intact, you know what I'm saying, and um, I'm not willing to to um, give up anything, you know, um, to make people view me in a way that, that just isn't me, you know what I'm saying, and, I've, I've had a lot of ingenuine interactions to where now it's like if I work with you, I have to put you on a contract because I have to know that we're going to get this business done and I have to know that you mean business, you know what I mean? Because I don't want nobody to think that I'm playing with my craft or, or my time. So it's my experiences with men have been quite opposite just because when I'm like, okay, I want to work with you and then when it, it's like, oh, well, I want to link up, you know, and I want... I want to um, let let's do A, B, and C, and I'm like, no, I'm not down for that. And then now we're not talking about working. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that that's been my experience, and I commend any man who who you know is open and gives a woman a safe space and uh, to come to because I, I haven't seen that yet. And I think that's important what you identify as a safe space. I know for us as women, it's necessary, but. Um, I want to, I guess, Marlon, what, is that something that you think of is providing a safe space Definitely. or just something that Definitely. comes naturally? It's funny you say that because uh, just hired a new barber. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a different atmosphere with guys coming in. Uh, and I, sometimes I got to tell them, hey man, we got delicate butterflies around. You can't act like you act, you're just in a barber shop. Right. It's not that type of place. And after I explained it to him, he was like, I see what you're saying. Like, I can't just be wild. Like, we got the other guys in here. I said, yeah, you got to watch what you say. He said, you can't be so uh, misogynistic. I was like, you got to be careful. I said, because if you do it, they're going to look at me. And he was like, you right. And he calmed down a lot. He's still wild, but, you know, he calmed down a lot. But my goal is to make sure everybody feels safe around here. And even with the neighborhood itself, right. like I tell people, oh, you don't got to worry about him. He cool. He actually looks out for us, right. you know. And I know the ladies when they go to the store and stuff, it's a different. It's different, you know. I can walk to the store and just speak to everybody, and everybody cool. But they walk to the store, they get whistled at, hollered at, they look cute, you know. So it's different, you know. That part I get. But while they in here, I do try to make them feel comfortable and safe as possible. Right. So I want to, I think there's this 
uh, aspect of responsibility. Sometimes we feel we need to like, I'll say men or women feel like we should be protected by black men. Black women feel that. So, Trilla, do you feel that there's a responsibility or do you feel that it's just something that you kind of just do when it's there? Do you feel like when you're with your homies, when there is no one around, that conversation is going around, going on, is it okay for the disrespect to be tolerated because they aren't around? Or how do you kind of like, is there a responsibility? I'll say that. Is there a, resp a responsibility to protect black women? Responsibility on our black men, 
and I feel like I don't I feel like it's needed you know and with doing that I had to realize that just as much as I expect from them I have to give to them too right. you know I have right. to pour I have to pour into them and and tell them that I believe that they can be all that I all that I even want them to be you know what I'm saying there I was coming from a place where I wanted them to protect me but I didn't believe that they now, you know, with, with my heart and my mind changing, I understand that it is my place to, to protect them. And when I see them done wrong and when I, you know, like me being an educator, me being a teacher, you know, it starts there with the, with the youth, you know what I mean? And I see when they're being mishandled, I, that's just my place to step in, you know, and, and fix that. So, yeah, I haven't always been in that place. Um, like I said, because of resentment, but my heart has changed, and I know that I do have that responsibility to be that for them as well. So, Marlon, um, what, because we hear a lot of, um, you know, we, we know the stereotypes that we as black women stay to black men that are negative, and we know the stereotypes that black men push on us. So, I guess the question would be like, what is something that you would want? from a black woman, whether it just, it just be you existing in the same space. Um, it doesn't have to be a relationship, it doesn't have to be business, it's just you, you know, existing, you had a, I don't know, a Christmas dinner, and you're like, hey, like, I wish you would have, you know, X, Y, and Z, was something that you would Well, I won't, I, won't, I won't put it on a holiday, because that's normally when people act like a couple. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a regular day, okay. they say. But I, uh, for me, it's always been, because I work a lot of hours. Uh, I'm around women all day. I'm respectful of these women all day. So when I get home, I want my woman. I need my woman to make, my woman to make me feel like I'm cute like these women did in here, because I've been, mm, mm. And if she does, you know, no, no, I'm serious. I'm not, I'm not trying, because I'm a straight male, and I'm in nothing but women all day, sit in my chair, beautiful women walking out through here all day, and I leave them alone, because I want my woman. Now, if I go home, and my woman ain't that woman, it's very frustrating. I just want her, sometimes, I just need you to sit with me, I just need, let's cuddle for a minute, let's look eye to eye and talk to each other. Now, I know we may not like everything. I like sports. I know you don't want to watch ESPN. We can find something useful for 30 minutes and just chill together. If I can't get that, it's very lonely being in the same space with somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's how do you communicate that? Because I feel like a lot of relationships break down because as simple as you're putting it, a lot of times we, yeah, we lack the communication part. Yeah. So you can tell us, but how does that communication work it, in so, that realm? Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Like, because I can have a frustrating day and come in and you're not talking to me or, or you're not, I feel like I'm not getting that welcome I want. And I'll be like, well, how was your day? And it comes off wrong. Right. Then it becomes an issue. Like, well, you didn't have, not, I'm not saying that. Like, just when I come in and say, hey, baby. That's an uplift right there. Like, ah, that's what I needed. What's up with you? How you doing today? Let me tell you what's going on in my shop. <laughs> you know, like, 
I just need that for a minute. When it's not, when I come home and I don't get that, it becomes lonely, you know. And I don't, not that it can, it can be fixed, but sometimes it's very, uh, the communication part breaks down, like you say, because I can say something the wrong way, trying to say I need attention. Right. Yeah. And then, Jack, the same question to you, what would be something you would want to see in black men for? Um, being accountable for your actions. I just really like, um, when it comes to, I guess, relationships, just because, like, I come from four brothers, three of them older than me, a very strong black figure for a father. So the tone set for me as a black male has always been a very positive one. You know, like I have men who protect me. I have men who support me. You know, I have men who love me. Um, so I can't say I've had a negative experience as far as like my background is concerned. But I can definitely say, like, as far as relationships go, I just feel like um, people lack taking accountability for their actions. You know, it when you're wrong, you're wrong. But it sucks to admit that you're wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong. Like, everybody likes to feel right and just, just in the correct place. But sometimes you're not. And that's okay if you're not. But admit that. Let's fix it and like let's move forward after that. I don't want to like stay on it. I don't want to keep talking about it. Like once we're done with it, let's go forward. I just feel like a lot of times, um, well, with my experiences with, with black men, like saying like, bro, you were foul for that. Like you were wrong. You were dead wrong. Oh, but how? Like I, I can't with the excuses, you know? Because if I mess up, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm gonna tell you. I'm so sorry for that. I messed up. I humbly come to you. I apologize. Please forgive me. You know, if you have the choice to say yes, I forgive you, or no, I don't forgive you. And I have to deal with that too. And I think that's another thing. Like, some people who feel like, well, I do take responsibility for my actions, but they didn't forgive me. Okay, they don't have to. You fucked up. You messed up. You should have messed up. That should have been right on your part. But those are lessons that people have to learn. You know, so I just feel like taking accountability for your actions. That would, that's something that I've struggled with, I guess, with black males, and I would like to see more of that. Just step up, admit you're wrong. It's okay. Right. Fix it and let's, let's move forward. Right. Yes. And so, um, how? What is if a black woman comes up to you and she tells you? that you are wrong or something that you did was off or like you said like you fucked up um what is like an honest maybe you might not say your honest response but mentally what is the honest response to that even before you speak like your initial just like yeah and let's say you didn't think you did I'm not going to admit to messing up. You right. know what I mean? So if I really don't think I messed up, and 
that I really feel that, and we just might have to have a discussion about it or something, or we either might have to agree or disagree, or we might have to talk about it, you know what I mean? And my thing is, I, I don't like to argue because then it, it becomes more than, I mean, it becomes something different than the actual situation at hand. You know what I mean? That becomes, I'm trying to prove my point, you're trying to prove your point, and so I don't even know what we're arguing about no more, you know what I mean? So I'd rather just, let's cool down, let's disagree, let's agree to disagree, and move on, and maybe revisit the situation when we both got a clear head. <coughs> but as far as like what you just asked me, if I, I really feel like I'm going to do something, I'm going to stand on that. So then what if you're telling a black woman that she did something wrong, and she really doesn't feel that way? Do you press the issue, or do you do what you just said, which was, we're going to revisit? I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. You know what I mean? She gives a test to this. I, you know what I mean? I will, I will press the issue a little bit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm real bullheaded. Like, I'm like, like, once I got something set in my mind, uh, I do tend to try to force that thought on you. Or, or not that say, I don't want to say force it because that sounds aggressive. But I want to, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I try to basically get you to see it my way. And I, you know what I mean? And so I definitely like go with it a little longer than I do with my mind. Right. And I only basically get to agree to this. So what you want. It's going to take a little longer to get there. Right. <laughs> For those of you guys who just walked in, there's free drinks. as EJ and Coke and some concoction back there with some fruit flavor. So feel free to get up when you want to to grab some of that. Um, but I think one thing that we have to understand, and I know this is not church, but we have to understand, like, grace, especially with the black woman and black men, the complexes that we have, because we are very strong individuals, but like, if I come to you and I, you know, as a black woman, I know that I can develop an attitude very quickly and I start rolling my neck and telling you off. I understand that it might be in a professional setting and I might be cussing you out. Um, but at the same time, I think if I, even with black women, I have to understand, because when a black woman comes to you with an attitude and stuff, and I'm a black woman, it's like, Yo, who do you think you are? But then I understand she must be upset. Something must have happened because I would have did the same thing. And I think when it goes the other way with black women and black men, we have to understand our fathers. How did our fathers react? I think a lot of times we don't think about that. Like, how did our fathers react when something went wrong? I know my dad, at some point in time, he used to fight. So if a black man is acting like that, I have to go back, okay, well, what time my dad down? Why, why did my dad become triggered? He's not... Um, he's not going to harm me. He's mad at something. And I think we have to like understand that about each other. And you know, you said what has shaped your image of a black woman is your mom. You said what has shaped your uh, image of a black man is your dad. So I think when we look at those different images, we have to also think back to what shaped them and not go with what society has said that attitude means. Yeah. So I think a lot of times we just have to kind of show um, grace to the other. And I feel like a lot of these arguments and a lot of these divisions that we have will kind of subside if we just look at it for like what it is, pretty much. Um, so, La, um, kind of explain to me what it has been to be in like a romantic relationship with black men. And not just like one, but just across the board. Um, across the board. Huh? Across the board. 
<laughs> across the board, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, I've had some really toxic relationships with black men. Um, you know, my father, he was he was murdered some some odd years ago. You know what I'm saying? So as far as what to expect from a black man, I had to I had to figure that out by myself. So I went through a lot of things that I necessarily probably didn't have to go through had I had the, the teaching, you know what I'm saying? But because I was, I had to deal with trial and error, I settled for a lot of stuff that um, you would say you shouldn't settle for. Um, so within that, there's been a lot of toxic relationships. I've had hands put on me, you know what I'm saying? And for years, you know, I've had, I've had men threaten me. I've had men call me out my name, you know? And, and now, and a lot of the times it's been because I'm a, I'm more so like an alpha female, you know, um, and when, especially when men see me on stage, like doing my poetry and stuff like that, um, I've, I've had the, you, you can come off as intimidating type thing, you know, and so a lot of the times when men have dealt with me in relationships, they felt like um, I have to kind of put you in your place because I see that you are this alpha female. You know what I mean? So, but when you're home, you need to know that you have to be submissive and you have to cater to me. And I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to do as a woman. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to work too hard. But I'm like, I will cater to a man. I will cater to a man if he gives me something to cater to. You know what I'm saying? I will be submissive if I trust that I'm submitting to someone who is leading me in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? So, I felt like um, because because of that and not having the language to communicate what's going on with with us, you know, as individuals, because I don't know what this man is going through in his head, you know what I'm saying? Because he won't put his pride to the side and really talk to me and things like that, I can't read your mind, you know what I'm saying? So if you want me to love you in a certain way or if you need certain things, I need that to be communicated. But at the same time, um, I'm not willing to lose me to make sure that you you are the one benefiting out of this relationship. So because of that, you know, um, it's been a lot of, it, it's been um, some things in the air with men um, that I haven't necessarily, necessarily liked. And I, in the relationship that I'm in right now, this has been the first relationship that I've ever really had that's been like healthy, that I get up and a man is like happy to tell me that he loves me. I don't even know how to take that. I'm like, is this for real? Like, he, like when he when he get mad, I have to be like, do you still love me? Like, do you still look at me the same? And he's like, why do you think that that would change? It's because I'm mad, you know. But it's something that I've had to get used to because um, it hasn't it hasn't been that way, you know. I've had even with even with my brothers, I have I've, um, I have six <coughs> brothers, you know. I'm, I'm the only female. So a lot of the time when I got love, it was tough love. We was, we was, you know, fading and we were doing, I wanted to hang with the boys because that's all I had. So um, when I dealt with certain men, I could take certain things because of dealing with my brothers and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, I'm just starting to form a better picture of what, you know, um, the exchange is supposed to look like in a healthy, sustaining relationship.
So what you put out, you're going to get back. So if you want the shift or the change in your relationship, you must be the change first. And they will reciprocate. <coughs> and most times, like you said, because we haven't received it, we have a hard time understanding it at first. And we have to become, we have to adjust the habit of not accepting it to accept it and realize that this is genuine. And, and we just don't know that in society. You know, I had an experience recently, and those that work with me know my relationship with my child's father is very complicated. And for me, I know his history and his story. And for me, I know as black men, as black women, we do not stand by our man in the hard times. And because we don't do it, they struggle doing it for us. Because like she said, we've grown accustomed to being strong, independent black women because we've had to. But what about the strong, independent black women that want to sit down because I'm tired? Okay. And the thing is, is that we don't allow them to leave because we're so used to having to leave. But there's a way to be submissive to your mate. Allow them to be themselves and love them in their imperfections until they get to the space of perfection. Right. So and let me pose a question because I think I mean I think a lot of times it's um, there's historical reasons as to why we don't see black men in the household. So I think when you look back to slavery, um, a lot of them were emasculated. We as black women, if we know who we are, we understand that. If a black man is clowned out in the street, you typically would not want him to be back in your home telling you what it is that you want to do. And that's what was happening back in the days. They were basically emasculating these men, cutting off their genitals in front of people. And as black women, as we know ourselves to be now, we're like, yo, you that's, that's your manhood. How are you going to come and teach me when your manhood is gone? So I think there's a... Uh, there's an aspect to that, and yes, I, I was watching a video earlier, and a, a lawyer said, um, you know, black people, if you guys just stop doing stuff to get in jail, you won't go to jail. And it's not actually true. There's a system that is in place that, yes, there are black criminals, but yes, there are um, black men that were on the three strikes and got life because of being in the wrong area. Not because they did something that deserved life. Um, but I do want to say, do we feel like and this is a question black men or black women can answer. Do we feel like um, black men are falling victim to a system that is imprisoning them and killing them because black women are not fighting for them in the way that we should be fighting for them? We might fight to raise your children. We might fight to keep them around. But are we fighting against a system that has
we we have been known that a system has been in place to see us fail. You know what I'm saying? We we know this. And the thing is, we as a people, not even just black men, we as a people, knowing that, we have to start making moves like we know. Because once you are aware, you cannot act like a dummy out here no more. You know what I'm saying? And once you are aware, you have a choice. You have a choice. People stop taking the fact that these are men, they have a choice to be what they want. You know what I'm saying? And a system that we know is going to keep getting in our way to see us fail. But I'm not gonna place that blame on us black women because at the same time, as much as we've been there, as much as I fight for my brothers, as much as you know, my grandmother and my mother and them fought for my father, they make the choice. You know what I'm saying? To do what they what they want to do. They make the choice to keep their pride intact. You know what I'm saying? Because people want to act like, you know, when we tell our black men that we need you, it's not that we putting the world on your shoulders. It's just the fact that we need you to make a choice that's better for all of us because you have the power. You have the strength physically. You know what I'm saying? And as women, you expect us to do certain things, so I'm going to expect you to lead. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to submit to anything when you haven't come to me with and provided me with, uh, I want to say, security to know that I can trust you to make the right choices. You, you can put children in me. You know what I'm saying? You can, you can do all of these things, but you have to be able to take that responsibility full on. You know what I'm saying? And even if that means you got a world full of expectations and and um, you feel like the, the world is against you, we've been on the world is against us. We gotta stop using that as an excuse. I'm not gonna allow you to use that as an excuse to continue to hurt me, to continue to make me fear the fact that you gonna walk out the door and might not come back because you're making a choice to be out in the streets, brother. I'm not going to do that, you know what I'm saying? So no, as, as women, we have not failed our black men, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, that's what I feel. We haven't, we haven't felt them. We could do better. Let me provide perspective, just because that's what I'm into. Yeah. Um, okay, so when I'm, when we talk about uh, black men being imprisoned and killed, I think that's equivalent to, and I hope this doesn't trigger anything for anybody, but I have to go here. That's equivalent to the sexual assault and harassment that black women feel. And even though we wants black men to step up for us, it's not their fault that we experience that. It's not the fault of the black men. In the same way that it's not the fault of the black women that black men are dead and in prison. So I think at some point we have to understand that I can, you can step up, and even though you did not assault me, but you can have a, a, a representation for me. Even though I didn't put the black man in prison or kill him, you can still step up as a, as a black woman and represent me, even though you had nothing to do with me being in this state. I think, like I asked earlier, there's a responsibility for me still to step up. Um, and Danny, you had a, your hand up? Yeah, um, try to connect a few points if I could. Uh, so hopefully I'll articulate this right away. Uh, but just uh, to your point, so I grew up in a household where uh, my father wasn't around and I seen my father do like a lot of things uh, I see what my mother went through like as a black woman and so for myself that kind of molded my perspective and the way I thought about a few things and 
I'm glad I had like a little sense to where I'm like, I don't want to put a woman through the same thing that my father did to, you know, with my mother. Um, saying that to say like, um, we just had a conversation, me and my father, because I feel like our relationship wasn't as tight as it could be. Because I think he was dwelling on uh, certain things that I'm just like, I get it. You know, like in the 90s, the, the drug game was very common. You could have made other decisions, you know, and kind of like went the legitimate way, but you didn't. I get it. Um, and we were talking about relationships because just want to name, like, I'm, I'm extremely happy in the relationship that I am right now. Um, but all of those things played a factor. And I feel like the communication now clicks with with uh, the woman I'm with now. Like, instead of, like, dwelling on uh, a feeling or a feeling of uncomfort or discomfort, we talk about that. You know, we talk about those things, like, it's easy to get upset and easy to easy you you get mad. But if I feel like I was right and she feel like she was right, well, we sit down and we like discuss that like from different perspectives because naturally, as men and women, we want to think different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that communication piece is very essential to getting to that point because I understand she came with coming from a, a household that didn't she didn't have a father either, you know. And so I ask like, what type of effects do you feel like that that brought you? And you made a very strong point. My communication now with her is it's so amazing that I want to take those next steps. So supporting a black man, I, I feel like I get that. Because now I like, I, I, I told her, I expressed this to her, like you make me want to step up even harder because I do want to take care of you uh, the way that I feel like you deserve to be taken care of. And I just feel like you can get to a point where you have those type of conversations. They will be uncomfortable. Um, not you specifically, but just in general. Like, um, they will be uncomfortable because I, I went through my own journey and my own maturation to get into a point of relationships where um, I value her and, and with the highest regard, um, understanding like every situation that she and me have went through, but we can, we can get through that together. And I feel like it took, you know, some, some building, um, but it is in a place where I feel like it's phenomenal. And she makes me want to be that person, you know, for her. And I think it's, uh, well, a lot of it is, is, is they, uh, there's, there's the communication piece to that. I, I, lo- I love what you said, you know, and I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I said because I feel like we can represent the black man, you know what I'm saying, but we don't have to be passive, you know. We don't have we don't have to sugarcoat, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like because there are women out there now who are not sugarcoating, who are demanding what they feel like they deserve, and that should be accepted. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean that, that we we not taking up for you, that we don't love you, but we there's a lot that we have taken. You know what I'm saying? And it's like at the same time where you feel like you're not protected, it's like we we feel the same, you know, but at the same time I feel like when there's time when it's needed, you see you see black women in the for, in the forefront. You see them in the front line, you know what I'm saying? And and they had to be, yes, because a lot of our men are in jail, they're done down, and there's a lot of things that just systematically oppresses us that we haven't had the choice, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like, yes, representation of our black men is very important, and I'm for that, full fledged. Just, I'm, just I'm just not for the excuses. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you guys real quick. Just to rebuttal that, I wasn't disagreeing at all. Oh, no, no, I know. Oh, yeah. Because I, 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 I just say just because I validate her strength. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most powerful things that just came to mind. And life. that's the beautiful thing. The fact that she can lead. And I, I would like, I like her to lead in certain situations that I'm not even privy to. Or I don't have that information. And that's the value in it. Like, 
complete. I learned so much from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I definitely agree with that point. A lot of times black women, they have the the grit, you know, and the experience that we don't have. So I think it, it does take um an understanding to see that. Um I don't I don't I don't impress, you know, being submissive. Like that's not even a, a thing, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because like if I can take like the whole the whole notion, like if I can take the trash out, you can take the trash out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you make money, that you make more money than me, like, let's talk about how we make more money together. So those things are like, yeah. not even relevant. Yeah, let me Stay tuned for part two coming up next week.